0: Hello and welcome! You're listening to Start Again with Shauna Lee, the place where you will be reminded that it's never too late and you're never too old to do the damn thing. So stick around if you're ready to vibe higher and be inspired to chase your dreams. Together we will uncover your soul's truest desires. Now if you're ready, let's get started. Well, hello, everyone. And guess what? I am back with another Simply Shauna episode. Here's the thing. You may have noticed that it's been a while. Uh, That is for a very good reason. I had the best problem slash amazing thing uh, happen just recently. And that was I (laughs) took the advice that I have been given. um, And wouldn't you know, it worked. So here's the thing. I have heard that you should join and participate in other people's Facebook groups as a way to grow your own audience. And personally, it always felt a little misaligned and not quite my vibe. So I struggled with it a little bit. However, there is one that I from time to time feel connected to and other times feel like I, I don't know who is in this group. And it is it is an amazing group if you are a woman, entrepreneur. It is called Women Supporting Other Women Entrepreneurs. And I've been a part of this group for quite some time now. And every once in a while, I think think within the group, the coaches tend to be the most vocal. So at times it feels like, oh my gosh, are there only coaches in this group? But in fact, no, the answer is no. There are so many women doing so many different amazing things that I put out a request. I actually got to the bottom of my list of people to interview for this season, you know, I've been focusing on uh, women-owned businesses and got to the very last of my list of people to talk to and had a little bit of a freak out moment. And I thought, well, who the hell am I going to talk to now? Where am I going to find some people? And so I went back into my Rolodex of, um, you know, entrepreneur knowledge that I've been gathering over the years. And I did what I did what I was told. And that was to go in these groups and engage, add value, and then people will just naturally be attracted to you or not, right? Because this is always a, a polarizing thing that we've got going on uh, in the world of marketing and um, telling the world who we are and how we can help. Uh, however, I went into this group and I said... Hey, ladies, looking for a few ladies who own their own businesses that would be willing to come on my podcast. I would love to interview you. Come tell your story and um, help me show the world that it's never too late and you're never too old, right? This is what we say over and over again here. So anyways, I made the request, went on with my day. The next time I opened Facebook, because I actually have all my notifications turned off, Um, I have to actually open the application in order to see if I have notifications. You guys, this is life-changing. You should all do this immediately. So I go in to Facebook later that day and I had so many women reach out and say, me, I would, I'd love to tell my story. Here I am. Anyways, I was so overwhelmed. There were over a hundred responses of women who were not only willing and able but wanted to come tell their story to you, my listeners. And so I have been methodically making my way through a couple different things. But all of that to say, I have shifted my focus in recent weeks to just bringing you those interview episodes, because there are so many amazing women that I am getting the opportunity to meet and record our conversations and then share with you. So I have, for a couple weeks now, been planning to double the frequency of my episodes, and here I am, your very first solo episode with just me on a Tuesday. So my goal moving forward is that you will get a Simply Shauna episode on a Tuesday, and you will get an interview with one of these amazing women on Thursday. And so here we are at the end of July. I intended for this to happen um, on July 4th, actually. That was the first Tuesday in July. And uh, yeah, that didn't happen. But here we are nonetheless. Uh, I hope you'll forgive me for uh, changing things up on you a little bit. But today, what I wanted to talk about, because we've been focused so much on each of these different stories and these women's start again moments where each of them have ventured out and started a business. I wanted to talk to you today about creating a second source of income. So the reason I feel strongly about um, a second source of income being the focus is for two reasons. One, anytime somebody wants to venture out and start a business or somehow monetize their hobby or somehow do this business venture, the idea for a lot of people to quit your day job in order to have the bandwidth um, emotionally, financially, whatever the case may be, to do that second job seems downright impossible. And so if you just venture out, a lot of people will call it a side hustle. So if you just venture out, test the waters, test the market, see if you really like doing this thing for money, all of that on the side as a side hustle or a second stream of income, it will take the pressure off of it needing to generate an income right now. It allows you the flexibility to test and fail and make mistakes um, when it's still safe and you have that safety net of your day job. So the other reason why I feel strongly about a second source of income is if you remember my episode with Julie, she talked about most millionaires or most billionaires have seven sources of income. I don't remember the number, but suffice it to say, the wealthy people in the world are not generally relying on a single source of income. So when you venture into the world of, okay, I can do this second thing as a way to earn money or to start a business or to try a new thing, whatever the case may be, it allows you to generate more income and get closer to your financial goals just by creating another avenue to do that. And like I said, when it's a second source of income, there's less pressure. So What I wanted to talk to you about today was, uh, for some of you out there, you might be thinking, oh, good Lord, Shauna, this is crazy town. I can barely handle my one job and my family and just finding the time to hang out with my friends occasionally here and there. But what I'm going to tell you is it doesn't have to be exhausting. So there's a couple different ways that you can do this. And the purpose of today is really just to kind of get your Mind thinking about what that would look like for you, and whether or not that's something you would even want to do. So the first way, and this is uh, the the reason I say the first way, and I put it at the top of the list, is because this is generally the first place that people go when they think of. So a lot of people, you think about having a second job. You think, oh God, they need extra money, and that's why they they got a second job. Okay, yeah, maybe sometimes. Uh, however. Let me just throw this out there for you. Some people venture into a second job where you are entry level or even interning simply because they want to learn something new about a different industry or a different company than they currently know. So it can be a fantastic way to just get your feet wet. Let's say you have worked in tech your whole life, but you really wanna work in publishing and you wanna be closer to publishing books. This is a great way to get a part time job on the side, just as a way to learn what you don't know. So, the second job, I think, is kind of the first place most people go to in terms of a second source of income. Well, obviously, I need to get another job, and who the hell has time to do that? But there's a lot of different ways that you can consider that as an alternate path. So, let me just tell you from a single mom perspective, the idea of a second income, when I first heard this, well, the idea of a second job really. When I first heard this or thought about it, it was from a point of, oh, my God, I need more money. I got to do something else to afford, you know, hockey this season for my son. I didn't ever consider it as a way to learn something that I didn't know or to venture into a new industry. And I think, quite honestly, had I done that early on, it probably would have gotten me where I am much faster. But the other thing is, as a single mom, I... Let's be honest, I'm busy and I don't have a lot of free time. However, every Thursday, I do not have my children. And every other weekend, it's generally when I hang out with my friends and I don't really want to be working, but I am free to go do other things. So there is actually avenues to make that possible if I wanted it to be a thing, right? So, anyways, the second job is the first on the list. So the second one is thinking about creating an online income. So selling anything through Etsy or your own website or even just Facebook. Um, And that can be crafts that you make. Both my oldest daughter and my niece are crocheting and um, they've both toyed with the idea of creating an Etsy store. I have an Etsy store. It's really super fucking simple to set that up. It takes no time at all if you have any questions, the Google is there to help you. And setting up an Etsy store is a really easy way to just open yourself up to posting what you have to sell. And it doesn't always have to be crafty, but that's where a lot of people um, who are crafty are selling their wares. So anything that you're making handmade, um, you can create. Um, oh, the other one, this is one of my favorites. I'm looking at my own notes here. So, anything handmade or crafty is obviously um, kind of at the top of the list of what you think about when you think about Etsy. But it is so simple to create your own customized merch. So, think about uh, those t shirts you see that have the cutesy phrases on them. There are so many different online options that are drop ship. So, you create the design and a lot of their tools are easy. I will say if I can learn how to customize a t-shirt or a design that I would put on a coffee mug, anyone can do this. In fact, my 10-year-old daughter has done this. So when it comes to the creating your own merch or drop shipping, um, Amazon has solutions, but there are two companies that I have set up accounts with. There is Printful and there is Printify and both of these companies make it super easy for you to go in and upload your design or even design on their site with their tools and they have all the the merch for you to print on and all you're doing is creating the design and then telling people about it makes it so super easy. But the thing I love about each of these is that one of them works with my website directly. There's an integration between the two, and the other one works with Etsy. So you have the ability to, in a lot of cases, integrate with existing platforms where you have the added benefit. If you've got your things on Etsy, making sure you use the the right keywords, you can show up in their search results, and people will find you that way. So you're not having to just tell your aunt and your cousin and your sister that you might want to sell these things. Uh, Word of mouth is amazing, but you don't have to rely just on that if you are going through one of these, um, these avenues. Obviously, the other option is to create your own website, and I think that stops a lot of people. The idea of creating a website seems super complicated and difficult. And what I will tell you is there's a lot of companies that are now making even that aspect a whole lot easier. So personally, I use Squarespace for my website. And I have learned how to do so many different things, but within their tools, I mean, we listen, if you are a coder, you can go in and do some fancier stuff, but their templates and their tools make it so simple and so easy for someone with no experience to create a website. So even that is um, easier than it used to be. However, you don't have to create a website in order to sell shit online. Like you could just create a Facebook page, believe it or not and Facebook within uh, Meta. Listen, I have some some love-hate uh, feedback for Meta overall, but Facebook over the years has made it easier for people to sell shit through their site because they want people on Facebook. So there are lots of different ways that you can create an online income as a second source of income. You can build it on the side, you can test out your creativity, and then you can Also, you can use a company like Fiverr, it's F I V E R R, in order to create your logo, your brand guides, your presentations, um, design templates. Between Fiverr and Canva alone, you can find people to help you with the pieces you don't know how to do. And so just playing around with design and ideas gives you the ability to create something one time and sell it on repeat. And what I like about these merch online shops or the the dropship aspect is not only is it make it once sell it on repeat, because listen, that's how you scale and that's how you ultimately make money. When you have to, if you think about Etsy from the old days and still certainly there are people doing this, but if you are hand crocheting a scarf, it is up to you to be able to crochet the one thing and then you either get faster and better or you have to ultimately make more, work longer hours. If it is a one for one sale, you are limited. You are capped on how much you can ultimately earn. So, whenever I look at a business idea, I'm always thinking, how do we scale that? First of all, I spent 20 years in corporate America. So, you know, scale is the corporate buzzword, but it is for a reason because nobody gets rich working an hourly wage. You get rich, you get wealthy by learning how to scale your business. And so when it comes to even just creating merch, that's a create once, sell many times, that's scalable. And so that's um, that's actually my third uh, suggestion for you if you're contemplating a second source of income is this whole create once, sell on repeat idea. So a book is a great example of this. You write the book one time, and I'm going to simplify it. It's like it's, it's way more complicated than that, obviously. But you write it once, and you sell many, many copies is the plan. And so the effort is upfront. The same with an ebook. But here's the other thing: a lot of people don't think about when it comes to writing a book. Yes, to write a book and get published is a whole thing, but it's so much simpler than I think a lot of people realize. Um, yes. There are complicated aspects to it. Yes, there's a lot to learn. That's when you lean on experts to help you do things that you don't know how to do. But when it comes to this idea of create once, sell on repeat, there are a bunch of different things that you can do on a much smaller scale that get you one practice doing it, and two that income stream. So, an example would be how to guides or templates that people can use to create their own i mean cam does a great example of this so if you were to create several templates for i don't know let's say a book report or a business plan or i'm trying to think of all the templates um business presentations you can go out and create those templates and sell them on repeat. And the best way to do this is like a how-to guide. So you're going to walk somebody through something and you're going to detail all the steps on how to write your children's book. And that will give them the steps that they need. Um, That can be a great income opportunity on a smaller scale than a nonfiction self-help book or a fiction, I mean, listen, fantasy, if you've looked at that genre for writing fiction, uh, those books are long. They're 70 to 100,000 words for a fantasy genre book versus 45 to 60 for a self-help book. So even within the world of books, there's there's different parameters and lengths and effort that go into those. But there could also be, I'm thinking of all the different ways that you could essentially write a book that is like an ebook size, right? So tour guides. Um, oh, here's one barbecue stops in Austin. You could easily document your top 25 barbecue stops in the Austin area and sell it for, I, I don't even know, what would you sell that for? $15, $10. Um, but that's just another example. I have a friend actually who she self-published her own book, and it was the best hiking trails to take dogs on here in the Austin area. So literally Anything that has a market for someone to read, you can sell. And so that's, again, that whole idea of creating it once and selling on repeat. But if we were to go back to the Fiverr example, if you have the ability to talk to somebody one time and create something that they don't know how to do, so let's say you're in corporate America and right now you are in marketing and you are responsible for brand guidelines for your company. Did you know that there are small solopreneurs out there? Uh, the solo one-person show for entrepreneurs who don't know how to do that and who desperately need your help. And you could go put your name out on Fiverr as a freelancer while you work a full-time job. And you could do one a week, two a week. You can, you always have the ability, I think a lot of, okay, I just had three thoughts at one time. You can always say no to requests, or you can limit how much your name is put out there. I think a lot of people will stop themselves from doing a second venture because they're afraid it will end up being too much for them to handle. But you always have the ability to choose and choose again. So you can extend timelines. You can say no. You always have the option to choose and make it work for you. But speaking from experience... The floodgates don't usually open immediately. So it gives you the ability to practice and put yourself out there and do one and then maybe do another one and start slow. So whatever it is that you do in your day job has an opportunity to create a second income if you were to consider freelancing on the side and doing that for other small businesses who desperately need your help. I touched on this earlier, but I want to highlight it again, because I feel like it's really important to to think about when I think most people think about starting a business and they think, I have to invent a product to sell to people. Now, yes, that is absolutely a possibility. It's not the only way to make some money online or as a second source of income, but the idea of creating a physical product. Um, it will limit you ultimately. So you either have to learn how to scale in terms of making more in the same amount of time or hiring people to help you and delegating. You know, if you make the tchotchke, you have to either make more to make more money or, oh, by the way, you have to make more to make more money. So you're always limited in terms of the earning potential of that idea if it's a one-for-one item, unless you figure out ways to scale and make more for less money. The physical product is the first place I think people go to in their minds when they think of creating a second income or starting a business, but it is not the only way. Those are my ideas for you guys. (laughs) I really just wanted to provide some different ways to consider opening up your income streams. One, because it is always possible to earn more money. The reason I mostly feel passionate about this is that I think people don't even try to do the thing they really want to do because they're afraid. And so, when we venture out in the side hustle mentality, it allows us to try something and honestly make some mistakes when it's safe to make mistakes. Right? If you spend an evening designing some things on on uh, Printful and You enjoy it and it's fun, and then nobody buys any of them. Well, okay. All you did was fill your evening enjoying yourself creating something, and you learn something. You get feedback. You figure out if the marketing was the problem, if the messaging was the problem, if the product was the problem. Uh, There's also different ways for you to just take those experiences with a grain of salt, take it as feedback, and see what you learn from it. So, there you have it. Those are my ideas for you on how to start brainstorming so that you can create a second source of income. And the last thing I will say is, I clearly have an entrepreneur mindset. I want to work for myself for lots and lots of different reasons. I think a lot of my guidance um, sometimes comes across like, I think that's the only way people should live their life. And That's actually not true. I do not actually believe that everyone needs to be an entrepreneur. I think that there are a lot of entrepreneurs out there stuck working nine to five jobs that they don't want to be in. So if that's you listening, this whole episode was for you because creating a second source of income allows you to test the waters. It allows you to uh, hone your craft and figure out what you actually want to do and create the the timeline for yourself. It allows you to take baby steps to build a business slowly. Uh, because here's the other thing, starting a business, if this is your goal for yourself to start your own business, it takes a while. And I used to hear uh, one of my friends say he wanted a runway in order to start his business. And that just meant he wanted this financial safety net. And Do a business venture as a second source of income initially allows you that runway to build slowly, to learn, to grow slowly um, until you can get it to a point where you can trade and your side hustle becomes your main hustle. And here's the thing. A lot of people never get there. And that's okay because sometimes it's just about creating a second income stream that allows you to think about what the third and the fourth and the fifth are going to be. This episode was intended to get you thinking about what that might be for you, what sounds fun, what gets you fired up. And when it comes to any new business venture, because it takes a while, because it can be exhausting and time, listen, this is one of the reasons people don't do it is because they're afraid they won't have enough time or energy to do it, right? So pick something that's fun. Pick something that you would do even if nobody paid you to do it. That allows your learning curve to be more enjoyable. It allows you to just have a hobby. But I heard it said once that everyone should have three hobbies. It should be one hobby that helps you stay fit. It should be another hobby that makes you money. And it should be another hobby that helps people. And so having a hobby that also generates money is not a bad thing. So that's my episode for you guys today. I hope that that was helpful and that you got something out of it. And I can't wait to hear what your ideas are. What did that spur for you? I, as always, would love for you to engage with me on Instagram. Find me at Simply Shauna Lee. And lastly, I want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing these episodes. Thank you for telling your friends. So if you haven't done it yet, I would highly encourage you to leave a review please, please, please. And thank you. Leave a review, um, wherever you are listening to podcasts. Uh, it means a lot and I really appreciate it. So thank you for your time today and thank you for listening and for sharing and for being with me along this journey. I will talk to you all again soon. Okay. Listen, are you struggling to find what your true purpose really is? you should try journaling at the very least it will get you to a better feeling place than where you are right now. I've created a set of journal prompts to get you on your way to discovering who you truly are and where you want to go from here. My free download is called journal yourself to joy and it's available at shawnaLee.com under free stuff. These are my tried and true journal prompts that will raise your energy, increase your positivity and brighten your day. Download yours today you. Mm-hmm.